You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. This edition of It's My Money is brought to you by Brenthurst Wealth, your partner for global wealth creation. It's Tuesday, so it's time for It's My Money with Brenthurst Wealth. And today I'm speaking to Mags Haystack. He's in the Santon office of Brenthurst Wealth. And Mags, you've been through a couple of tough weeks. You've, you've suffered a loss, and that's going to be linked into our conversation. Unfortunately, we have to talk about the financial aspects of, of a loss. But maybe you could, if you feel like it, tell us exactly what's happened to you in, la- in the last two weeks. No problem, Lindsay. Well, thanks, thanks again, as always, for, for having me. It's a pleasure. Just to give you a little bit of bit of background information, I unfortunately lost my stepfather, uh, my mother's husband of the last 26 years, and it entailed me um, having to travel overseas. And to make a long story short, I had to get an emergency visa with the Swiss Embassy, and we had to fly over and, and basically, you know, assist my mother with my stepfather's financial affairs and and all of that. And you know, my experience overseas has kind of just given me a bit of food for thought, um, you know, with regards to, you know, the, the passing of a loved one. And obviously, it's, it is a bit of a morbid topic, and I think a lot of people don't really want to talk about it or listen about it, but it, it's, you know, there was there's a few things that really stood out for me um, from a personal experience and having gone through that experience now to try and, you know, look at it from a financial advisor's type, type of, uh, you know, from that spotlight to kind of just, assist people and, you know, where to give some, you know, recommendations how they can have their will in, in general um, up to date um, with those regards, but also other things that, that happened that actually helped my, my mother quite extensively. Okay, well, let's break this down now, because the email that you kindly sent me this morning says you've got three things you want to talk about, social media accounts, bank accounts, and store accounts. I mean, apart from the experience of the, you know, of, of traveling across borders and getting emergency visas, which is the last thing you need when you've lost a loved one. But why did you put in social media accounts when it comes to a will and sort of winding up an estate, if you like? Tell me more. Yeah, so that's, it's, it's so basically that, that point of conversation, it doesn't, it's not restricted to social media. It's more about your digital footprint and what you know, what to do with it, um, and how your family can, you know, benefit from some kind of plan. Now, when I refer to your digital footprint, I'm talking about your banking details, your logins, maybe you've got a PayPal account, um, social media like Facebook and everything else, LinkedIn, maybe even your email accounts. Um, now, what my stepfather luckily did is he had a book that he left at home that kept all of his passwords um, written down. Now, some, some people might be screaming, well, that's the best way to you know, have all your information hacked. But, you know, you can leave it in a safe place and as always let your, your family know, you know, in case of emergency, this is where you can find it. Because having to, you know, if, if he didn't do that, we would have had to, you know, contact his, you know, all the, you know, the, all the different companies that he's dealt with online, individually and that requires sending death certificates and application forms and things like that and and with having those passwords you know kept in a safe place you know that's that's the the, the key component having having it in a safe place it really helps the the family to kind of close down accounts and you know give notice to the different companies and especially from from the bank account point of view um, you know, some some people do have separate bank accounts from their spouses and, and things like that, but it really helped. And one of the biggest things that helped us was his computer password. Now, that's something I think a lot of people don't really think about, but 
you know, most of us, and especially in, in, in my industry, we all have, you know, quite, quite strict password recommendations on, on our laptops and computers. Yes. But if, if my family didn't have that, then they wouldn't know how to log in and then all the information would, would get lost. And you know, we're also talking about photos and, you know, personal affairs and those type of things as well that could get lost because a lot of computers, if you don't have a password, you, you have to either pay someone to retrieve that information or, you know, if it's encrypted, then you would lose that information forever. So, so are, did, your, yeah. did your stepfather put this, physically wrote it down, sort of old school, which maybe millennials or a certain disorganized people like me wouldn't do? Did he write it down in a, in a, in a book? He luckily listened to my mom and he wrote everything down because he... He was hacked, you know, a few months prior, and he had to change everything. And I think he's just had so many that he couldn't remember them all. Um, yeah. And obviously, a lot of people will say, you know, that's not very safe. But if it's hidden at home, it's you know, it's, it's no, it's no, it's no more safe or less safe than keeping all your passwords on your, you know, password password apps or you know, on I think Firefox also you can save all your passwords. So the, the argument is, you know, it's one and the same. If it's kept hidden in a safe place, but at least if someone knows about it and where to access it, then it's, it's the same thing. Um, you know, it could be kept in a safe, it could be hidden, you know, on a bookshelf somewhere. You know, it doesn't matter, but as, as long as you have something like that, I think it really it really helps, you know, the family, you know, when, when, when that happens. Quite right, too. Um, the other thing, I want, well, obviously, we have to link this to the estate and the will, and I've spoken about the importance of wills with your colleagues at Brentus Wealth over the years, but we have to especially unfortunately during these times and certainly in, not so much in South Africa but uh, but elsewhere we have to really keep our wills up, up to date and how what, what sort of experience did you have when you came to sort of unraveling what your stepfather had done was his will up to date and uh, was everything in order it probably was because of the, the advice from you well yes it was it was up to date and obviously the you know one of the m- most important things is is having a world that is relevant to cross-border assets. Now, he, you know, not to give too much information, he did have assets in South Africa. He had assets in Switzerland, which is where he was based, and he had assets in the United States. Right. And his world did make, you know, inclusions to those those assets. And that's also something that, regardless of, of where you're based, you need to take into account. Does your world, um, you know, take all of those overseas investments into account. Um, um, another important aspect of the wall is, as you mentioned, is was it up to date? And it was up to date. Now, it doesn't mean that you have to sign a new wall every year. It, it just means, you know, if there's any life-changing events uh, in your family, you know, maybe you've got new children or new grandchildren or divorce or any anything that really changes your your position as to your you know, where you are in life, that those are things that, that need to be taken into account. Obviously, a wall, you know, needs, you know, family needs to know where it is. They need to know where the original is because copies are not accepted um, in, in the court. Um, you know, if you try and provide a copy of a wall, it's very, very difficult to try and argue the validity. So, obviously, uh, an original copy, so that's, you know, you can have more than one copy of a signed will where each copy is signed, you know, with wet ink on paper. Yes. But the line is your family needs to know. And I know it's, it's a difficult thing to talk about. Speak to your, you know, your children or vice versa. Speak to your parents and, and, and say, you know, this is this is my emergency stack of documents should something happen to me. Or, you know, this is where my will is. Or my will is with my advisor. Or, you know, those type of things. The will's with the bank. Let them know 
this is the most recent copy. This is where you're going to find it. This is who you must speak to. But what um, you're saying is what, what the originals should be kept somewhere safe and, and not at home because, you know, I don't know what could, what could happen. They could be misplaced. Uh, there could be a burglary or something. Is the best thing to do is to, to literally go to a, a, your financial advisor or even get a bank deposit uh, box or something like that and keep the originals safe somewhere and let someone know that it's there and what the code is and all that sort of thing. Is it that important, Max? I would say so, and, and you know, in most cases, um, as I, as I've mentioned, it's not um, out of the ordinary to have more than one original copy. Um, in, in you know, a lot of cases, the advisor or the bank has a copy, and then the people themselves have a copy. In that way, you know, should there be a fire or flood or anything like that or theft, at least there is another original copy that that can be allocated. Yes. Uh, bearing in mind, you know, will doesn't matter where the will is. Um, if you sign a new will, that will obviously take precedent in terms of, you know, arguing, you know, on the estates, you know, that the most recent signed copy of a will will always be the most valid and all other previous wills will be declared invalid. And that's very important to remember as well. But the bottom line is let your family know. Um, you know, speaking of wills and, you know, inheritance and all of that, um, you know, it's also a good conversation to have or you know for for yourself you know is your or the beneficiaries on your policies up to date um you know in particular not not policies per se but your investments in particular with your retirement annuities preservation funds and living annuities um are they up to date you know are they are the beneficiaries valid you know unfortunately in some cases a beneficiary might have passed away or is no longer part of your life have, have that chat with your advisor and to say, listen, I would just like to see who my beneficiaries are or I would like to update them. Um, you can nominate you know, more than one beneficiary, I think. I'm not 100% certain, but it's, it's definitely up to about four beneficiaries on a, on a retirement annuity or a living annuity. And that kind of conversation with the advisor, they will also provide you with you know, what the, the options are for the beneficiaries should you pass away. Um, you know, not not to go into too much detail on that, but there are definitely um, options of either a lump sum withdrawal or an annuity option with either an RA or a living annuity. So that's definitely something that, that can be done. When it comes to the different geographies that you've uh, spoken about in your own personal case, uh, in other words, that your stepfather had assets or has assets in South Africa, in Switzerland and in the United States of America, how important is it for your financial advisor to tell you that in Switzerland this happens, in South Africa this is completely different, in the United States of America it's different to the previous two? I suppose you have to keep in touch with the different rules. I think it's it's very difficult, to be honest with you, Lindsay, to, to know the full implications in terms of tax and estate, estate duty in, in all the different, different areas um, because... Those those tax legislations are also constantly changing. Um, obviously, with you know the UK and US assets, you have CITES tax, but you know there's um, a certain level that you have to own in assets before that's that's payable. Um, you know, with with regards to my stepfather, he um, majority of his assets were in Switzerland, so you know the the Swiss um, laws is is very different. You don't need a will there um, in most cases because the 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 states. Will, will basically do a lot of the, um, you know, the execution part of your estate. The, the state actually does it for you um, to determine, you know, what your estate duty is payable. Um, you can 
you know, have a will. And this is what I found out. You can have a will just to make it a bit more clear um, as, as, as what to do. But, you know, obviously um, in South Africa, it's a different story where we, we recommend having a will because if you don't, that's referred to as passing away in test act and that can delay your, your you know, the drawing up of your, your estate by many, many years. So it, it always helps, you know, if you have cross-border um, assets, it's always, you know, it's always helpful to let your advisor know. But I think you, you know, to have the expectation of the advisor knowing the full implications on, on, on you know, in every jurisdiction is, is, I think, a bit unrealistic. So it always helps to maybe get a second opinion from someone who's based in that country. Final question, Max. The experience that you've you've had over the last couple of weeks, how difficult would it have been if your stepfather hadn't received advice from you and Brent Hurstwell over the years, 26 years, how difficult would it have been to, for you to sort matters out? I think, you know, that's it's, it's a very difficult question to answer because I, I simply don't know. You know, obviously we've, we've, you know, I've assisted my mom and stepfather overseas as much as possible. I helped them with, you know, investments in South Africa that they had previously. Um, I think, you know, the, the biggest difference is the the financial environment in Switzerland is a lot more mature um, than the South African environment. And I, and I say that because if you look at all the legislative changes that we've had over the years, I think they 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 had a lot more certainty in their markets. They've had, you know, they're... they're the offering that that they provide to investors is a lot more straightforward. Um, you know, big examples that's you know he's part of the Swiss pension fund, and that's you know it's straightforward. You know, it's very safe. You know, you basically pay money in. Um, you know, even if you haven't contributed in the past, and you can basically catch up. And that hasn't really changed much uh, over the past couple of decades. Um, you know, I think obviously we've we've given given them a lot of food for thought. Uh, my sister, who is um, Ruzan Haystack Portkita, she is uh, one of our executors, and she also helped them um, in the past to just ensure that the will was up to date. So I definitely feel, you know, that they had received good advice from us. Um, you know, from especially my stepfather, he received good good advice from his stepchildren, and then I think that that definitely helped them. Um, but to say if they would have been better off or worse off, I think it's it's I, I can't answer that. Um, very well. <laughs> well, that's very modest of you to say so, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that it, it really did help. Mags, thank you very much for your time, and thanks for sharing your personal experience with us. Very, very valuable stuff. That's Mags Haystack from Brent S. Wolf, speaking to us from Santon, and that was It's My Money. It's My Money was brought to you by Brent S. Wealth, an award-winning boutique wealth management company. The views and opinions expressed in these podcasts are those of Lindsay Williams and various contributors and do not reflect the policy, position or opinion of any other agency, organization, employer or company associated with strictlybusinesspodcast.com. Assumptions made on the analyses are not reflective of the position of any other entity other than the speaker or the author. And since we are critically thinking human beings, these views are always subject to change, revision and rethinking at any time. Please do not hold us to them in perpetuity.